Now, to prove to the angels that human beings have some good in them as well. That Allah has given them free will, ability to learn, ability to make choices, and with that, they can also worship Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proved that to the angels. How? That وَعَلَّمَ And He taught. Who taught? Allah taught. عَلَّمَ يُعَلِّمُ تَعْلِيمَ Is to teach, to give knowledge. How? Gradually, in stages. Just as نَزَّلَ What does نَزَّلَ mean? Gradually sent down. عَلَّمَ Gradually teach. Your course. تَعْلِيمُ عَلَّمَ يُعَلِّمُ تَعْلِيمُ تَعْلِيمُ الْقُرْآنِ What is it? Gradually learning the Qur'an. Step by step, one after the other. So, Allama, he taught. Who taught? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught. Who? Adam, Adam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Adam alayhi salam. Adam, it is said that it's from the root Hamza dal mim, from the word udma. And udma is the color between pure white and dark. Like it's not very light, it's not very dark. It's somewhere in the middle. Beige, off-white. You know that there are different levels. And if you think about it, human beings, this is how they are. It is also said that Adam is Adim. Adim is used for the surface of the earth, the crust of the earth. So Adam salam was called Adam. Why? Because he was created from mud. So anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Adam salam what al-asma'a, the names. Asma' is the plural of ism. And what does ism mean? Name. So he taught him names. Kullaha, all of it. He taught him all of the names. Which names? Names of what things? It is said that it refers to Certain objects that were there, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Adam the names of those things. And what were these objects? What were these things? These were things necessary for human beings to live, to survive. What they are exactly, Allahu A'lam, we don't know. So there were certain things, and Allah taught Adam the name of those things. And if you think about it, name of something, names of things, what does that make up? Language. So Allah taught Adam language, the names of things. ثُمَّ then عَرَضَهُمْ He presented them. عَرَضَ عَيْنْ رَضَادْ He presented those things before who? عَلَى الْمَلَائِكَةِ Before the angels. And then فَقَالَ He said, أَمْبِئُونِ You inform me. أَمْبِئُوا نَبَا نَبَا is important news. عَمَّ يَتَسَأَلُونَ عَنِنْ نَبَا الْعَظِيمِ نَبَا Important, great news, relevant news. Amba'a is to inform. Ambi'uni, you inform me, you tell me. What? Bi ulai with the names of these. Ha'ula'i. Ha'ula'i is a plural of hadha. Hadha means this. And ha'ula'i, these. So he said to the angels, you inform me, you tell me the names of these things. In kuntum sadiqeen, if you're truthful. Sadiqeen is a plural of sadiq, sadal qaf, sidq, to speak the truth. So if you're truthful in your claim that human beings are going to cause bloodshed, they're going to create disorder on this earth. And if you think that you know very well about the fate of these human beings and tell me the names of these things. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do that? Why is he testing the angels in this way? To show to the angels that you don't know everything. So you cannot say that human beings are going to be all evil. Just as you don't know the names of these things, you don't know about the fate, the future of human beings. Qalu, they said, Subhanaka, the response of the angels, what was that? Subhanaka, exalted are you, perfect are you, glorified are you. Why do the angels say that? That, oh Allah, perfect are you, you would never create something without a reason, without some wisdom behind it. That if you've created human beings, yes, we know that you created them for a just cause. 
You created them for some wisdom that you know. Subhanaka, glorified are you. And we do not object, rather we surrender. Glorified are you. La ilma lana, we have no knowledge. Illa ma allamtana, except what you taught us. We have no knowledge except what you have taught us. Imagine the angels are saying this, despite the fact that the angels are close to Allah. They say, we have no knowledge except what you have taught us. Can any human being claim that he knows about everything then? Can any human being claim that he knows about what will happen to you in two years? What will happen to you in a year? Who will you marry? And when you will die? No human being can claim that. If he claims that, he is a liar. Because the angels who are very close to Allah, what do they say? We do not know except what you have taught us. And they say, إِنَّكَ Indeed you, أَنْتَ You alone, Al-Alim. You are the one who knows. You are the always all-knowing. Always all-knowing about what? About the past, the present, the future. And you are Al-Hakim. You are the one who is most wise. Hakim is from the root letters, Hakaf mean from the word Hikmah. And Hikmah means wisdom. That there is some wisdom why you would create human beings. So subhanaka, perfect are you. We do not object at this decision of yours. And we know that there is a reason why you did this. What do we learn in these verses? That we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favors Adam salam above the angels. How? By giving him knowledge which he did not give to the angels. What does it show? That the one who has knowledge, his status is superior to the one who does not have knowledge. That the one who has knowledge, his level, his rank is superior. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave knowledge to Adam salam, which he did not give to angels. Then we also learn in these verses about greatness of the angels. How? That when they confessed or when they surrendered before Allah, they didn't give an explanation, they didn't argue, they didn't say, why are you asking us because you never told us? They didn't say that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't ask us because you never informed us. No. They immediately surrender. Subhanaka. La ilma lana illa ma allamtana. Innaka antal alimul hakim. So then Allah said to who? Ya Adam. O Adam, ambi'hum. You tell them. O Adam, you inform them. And ambi'hum, same root as ambi'uni. Noon ba hamza. So Allah told Adam to inform the angels of what? Bi asma'ihim. With their names. Because when the angels were asked, they said, we don't know. So Allah told Adam alayhi salam, no, you tell them the names of these things. فَلَمَّا أَنْبَأَهُمْ Then when he informed them, when Adam informed the angels, بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ with their names, then قَالَ He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَلَمْ أَقُلْ Did I not say? أَلَمْ Did not. أَقُلْ I say. أَقُلْ is from the root letters. قَافْ وَاولَمْ Very good. Same root as قَالُوا يَقُولُونَ قِيلَ he said, Alam akullakum, did I not tell you, did I not say to you that inni a'lamu, indeed I know, ghayba samawat, the unseen of the skies, wal ard and the earth. Did I not tell you that I know everything that is hidden in the heavens and the earth, in the skies and the earth? Meaning that Allah's knowledge is complete. Remember that the word ghayb applies to anything that is hidden, that is hidden from our senses, hidden from the senses of human beings. If you think about it, there are certain things, certain places, certain beings that are hidden from us, and there are also certain times that are hidden from us. For example, the past, is it hidden from us? Can we see the past? Can you roll back in time and see what happened 20 years ago at this place? You can't do that. 
Can you move to the future? You can't do that. So when Allah says that I know the unseen of the heavens and the earth, what does it mean? I know everything that is within the heavens and the earth, and I know everything that ever happened in the past, now, in the future. إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ غَيْبَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And Allah says, وَأَعْلَمُ And I know مَا تُبْدُونَ What you reveal. تُبْدُونَ is from the root letters بَادَالْ وَاو بُدُوف To reveal, to disclose something. It's from the word بَادِيَةِ And بَادِيَةِ is used for desert. If you think about it, in a desert, everything is visible. There is no mountain, there is no tree, there is no building. It's plain, it's flat, you can't hide anything. So, مَا تُبْدُونَ Whatever you disclose, whatever you reveal, وَمَا كُنْتُمْ And whatever you were, تَكْتُمُونَ You conceal. تَكْتُمُونَ is from the root letters, كَافْ تَمِيمْ كَتَمَ And كَتَمَ is to hide, to conceal something. So I know what you show and what you don't show. I know what you say and what you keep in your heart. I know what you express and what you keep within your heart. I know everything. You can't hide anything from me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ غَيْبَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَأَعْلَمُ مَا تُبْدُونَ وَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْتُمُونَ What did the angels reveal? What did they express? That why would you create someone who's going to cause bloodshed? And what did they hide? What did they conceal? That our worship should be enough. Some things are said very directly and other things they implied. So Allah says, I know everything. You can't hide anything from me. So what do we learn in this verse? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses everything and knowledge. He knows the wisdom behind why something is happening. Many things may happen in this world and we don't understand why. How could Allah allow this to happen? But remember there is a reason. There is some wisdom behind it. When we see injustice, when we learn about injustice being done to little children, innocent people, we wonder why is it happening? Remember there is a wisdom. Allah knows. It's not hidden from Him. It's not that He's ignorant about it. No, He knows very well. And what we keep in our hearts, what we express, He knows that too. So we should be careful about what we keep in our hearts and what we express. Sometimes we say certain things and sometimes we don't. But remember that Allah knows about everything. One of the sisters from your class, she asked me that in her school they have this club in which you know people go and basically they vent. You know, if they're holding a grudge, holding some feelings inside and they want to let them out, so they let them out. How do they let them out? That they write them down in a journal. Nobody reads that journal, but they write it down. Just because when you write it down, you feel kind of relieved. So she was asking me, is it okay? I said, yeah. Because whatever you write is going to be written in your book of deeds. And Allah knows about what you're writing as well. So be careful not to write anything that is wrong. Anything that Allah would not like. Anything that Allah does not approve of. Some things we can do in secret. Other things we do in public. Some things we hide. Some things we don't hide. But remember, whether we hide or we don't, who knows? Allah knows. And we have learned earlier, we're going back to Him. When we're going back to Him, we should fear Him because He's going to hold us accountable. Okay, we will listen to the recitation of these verses and then we will continue. Keep your juice or your mushaf before you and follow along. وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةٌ قَالُوا أَتَجْعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُ فِيهَا وَيَسْفِكُ الدِّمَاءَ وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ 
قال اني اعلم ما لا تعلمون وعلم ادم الاسماء كلها ثم عرضهم على الملائكه فقال انبئوني باسماء هؤلاء ان كنتم صادقين قالوا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا انك انت العليم الحكيم قال يا ادم انبئهم باسمائهم فلما انباهم باسمائهم قال قال الم اقل لكم اني اعلم غيب السماوات والارض اني اعلم غيب السماوات والارض واعلم ما تبدون وما كنتم تكتمون Did you notice how when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Adam alayhi salam to inform the angels about the names he informed the angels immediately Imagine if we are called we are invited to say something before other people what's our reaction no i don't want to i'm shy but we don't see that in adam alayhi salam he wasn't too shy that prevented him from obeying allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when allah tells us something then we have to be obedient immediately and when we are told to share some knowledge that we have with other people then we should not feel shy over there because that shyness is bad shyness Remember there's two types of shyness good shyness and bad shyness good shyness is what makes you shy of doing something wrong bad shyness is what makes you shy of doing something good so adam alayhisalam did not have that shyness he went immediately and he told the angels let's continue wa id qulna lil malaikati isjudu and recall what does id mean udhkuru i want you to memorize this word because it will come many many times Recall when this happened. What? That وَإِذْ قُلْنَا When we said, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. By the way, قُلْنَا We said. Who does we refer to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But don't we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one? واحد, الأحد. So how come plural is being used for Allah? Plural is used for more than one. It's out of respect, the royal we, honor. You see, in certain languages, Arabic is one of them, and I believe Urdu is also one of them. that when you have to refer to someone with respect even if it's yourself then you don't use the singular pronoun but rather use a plural pronoun you don't say i but rather you say we you don't say you one person but rather you say you all why out of respect to show the great status of someone to show that they're very royal to show their greatness so many times the plural is used for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the quran why for royalty So anyway, وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ When we said to the angels, meaning after Adam a.s. was created, this incident happened, that Allah taught him the names, and then he proved to the angels that you don't know everything. So the angels accepted the decision of Allah very willingly, which they were accepting before as well. So after that, what happened? Allah said to the angels, أُسْجُدُوا لِآدَمُ All of you prostrate to Adam. أُسْجُدُوا is from the root letter سِين جِيم ذَال From the word سَجْدَ Sujood. What does sujood mean? prostration 
It is to put your forehead on the ground before the one whom you are honoring and respecting. This is what sujood means. Sujood does not mean rukur. What does rukur mean? To just bow down. Okay? Sujood is what? To place one's forehead on the ground in front of the one whom you are showing respect to or love, adoration, etc. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has differentiated between rukur and sujood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Fath, Ayah 29, تَرَاهُمْ رُكَّعًا سُجَّدًا You see them bowing down as well as prostrating. Rukur, sujood are mentioned separately. In Surah Hajj, Ayah 77, Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِرْكَعُوا وَاسْجُدُوا Do rukur and do sujood. Which shows that there is a difference between rukur, bowing down, and sujood, prostrating. The angels prostrated before Adam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them not just to bow down, but to fully humble themselves. Put their forehead on the ground before Adam. وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ لِآدَمْ But obviously we know that this sajda was not sajda of worship. Okay? But rather it was sajda to show respect, to greet. It was a gesture of humility, of salutation, exaltation. So what happened? فَسَجَدُوا All of them prostrated. All the angels prostrated. Look at the word fa. Fa means so. Meaning the next immediate reaction of the angels was that they prostrated. Allah commanded them and they prostrated without question, without delay. This is the obedience of the angels to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. نَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ Remember tasbih? Prompt obedience. Prompt worship. In many cultures, people are required to bow down before others. Even today, when you go up on a stage, for example, you are required to bow down before others. Is that permissible or not? Remember that it was practiced previously. It was permissible for the people before. Which is why we learned that Yusuf ﷺ, when he became the king, when he was on his throne with his parents, everybody prostrated. Right? It was permissible before, but now it's not allowed. The Prophet ﷺ explicitly told us that it's not permissible. So we're not allowed to bow down or prostrate before others. Okay? Sajda and rukur is exclusively for who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Question. Were the angels worshipping Adam a.s.? No, they were not. Who are they worshipping by making the sajda? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sajda to another is not allowed. But over here, they were prostrating to Adam a.s. But in reality, it was an act of worship to Allah. Because it was done in obedience to Allah. Similarly, we see that killing someone, killing an innocent person, a father, can he just slaughter his child? It's wrong. It's not allowed. It's a major sin. But when Allah told Ibrahim salam, slaughter your son, was that a major sin then? No, it was an act of worship. So there could be something that is forbidden otherwise. But if Allah tells us to do it, then what is it? An act of worship. Same was the case of the angels. So all of the angels, they prostrated immediately. Illa Iblis, except for Iblis. Iblis. Are you familiar with that name? You should be. Because he is very familiar with you. Iblis, chief shaitan, the leader of all shayateen, the head Satan. From the root letters, Balam Seen, some scholars say. And Abalasa is to despair. And Iblis has despaired completely of the mercy of Allah. If he wants, he can repent. If he wants, he can seek forgiveness from Allah. 
but he does not. He has despaired of the mercy of Allah. This is who Iblis is. And he wants the same for us. He is our enemy. So, إِلَّا Iblis. Iblis refused to prostrate Adam salam. Abba, why did he refuse? How did he refuse? Allah says, Abba. Abba from the root letters, Hamza Ba, yeah. And Abba is to refuse to do something. To turn down a request or a command. Decline. Reject. Refuse. Allah commanded, prostrate. He said, no way. I'm not going to. Outright refused. And was takbara. Is takbara, kaf bara, kibr, arrogance. To think of oneself as very great and to think of others as very low. To reject the truth, thinking of oneself as very high, belittling other people. This is what arrogance is. So istakbara. He became very proud. He thought too highly of himself. He thought it did not befit him to prostrate before Adam. Istakbara. He was arrogant. Wakana. And he was min al kafirin of those who disbelieve. What does it show to us? Kufr. What is disbelief? Disobey. Does Iblis not know who Allah is? Does he not accept the fact that Allah is the Lord? Of course. But yet he refused to obey. Even that is kufr. وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ He was of those who disbelieve. What do we learn in this verse? The superiority of Adam salam over the angels. And by extension, the superiority of who? The righteous and knowledgeable servants of Allah above who? The angels, the jinn, the entire creation. Adam salam had knowledge. Allah made all of the angels prostrate to him to declare that his level was higher. His level was greater. He was more superior. And we see that even today, when a person goes out in order to gain knowledge, you know what the angels do? You know what they do? They lower their wings. They lower their wings in humility. Before who? The one who goes out seeking knowledge. Because Allah told the angels, prostrate to Adam, he has more knowledge than you. Respect him. And this shows to us that if someone is a possessor of knowledge, then we should have respect for them. And if somebody has even a little bit more knowledge than us, then we should show respect to them. Unfortunately, what we do is we think, oh, this person, yeah, I know what she was before. I used to know her back then. We grew up together. We're just best friends. And we belittle other people. This is not right. The fact is that you're not just respecting that person. In fact, you are respecting the knowledge that they possess. So the angels were made to prostrate to Adam salam. It shows his superiority above the angels because of the knowledge that he possessed. Then we also learn that Iblis, he was there. He refused to prostrate to Adam salam. When he refused to prostrate to Adam salam, one sajda, what was his fate? Kana minal kafirin. Amazing. He refused, he became a kafir. Allah commands us that we should make sajda to Him. We should pray salah. And if we refuse, Abba was takbara, if we refuse, then how can we think our fate would be different than that of Iblis? Iblis refused one sajda to other than Allah. Then what would be the case of the one who refuses many, many sujood to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One sajda he refused. And look at where he ended up. 
And we think it's okay to leave one salah, to leave another salah, to miss one prayer, to delay another one, to neglect another one. What are we doing? Think about it. Look at where Iblis ended because of refusal of one prostration. Every prostration is important. Because if refused, if ignored, if not done, it can be very, very detrimental. It can make a person a loser in this world and in the hereafter. And you know the scholars have said that a person who does not pray, who does not pray, even if he claims to be a Muslim, he's not a Muslim. Tariq salah the one who abandons the salah deliberately, intentionally, willingly, consciously, he's committing an act of kufr. There's something very serious. But unfortunately, we don't give much attention to it. We think it's okay. It's not a big deal. It's a matter between me and my Lord. Yes, exactly, it's a matter between you and your Lord. And this is why you should prostrate to Him. What did we learn about muttaqeen? What is their quality? Yuqimuna salata. They established a salah. Because salat is the haq of Allah. It's the right of Allah. When Allah gives you 24 hours to live, to breathe, to enjoy, can you not make time for prostration before Him? You have the energy to walk up and down the stairs, to run and to talk and to do so many things. But when it comes time to pray, it's as though you have no life, no energy left in you. This is not fair. He created everything in this earth for you and you cannot take out five minutes for Him? Are you really that unable? This is not right. We handicap ourselves. We give ourselves excuses. I'm too tired. I don't have the energy. Really? Question yourself, really? And ask yourself, Iblis rejected one, one sajda. How can I reject? When the son of Adam prostrates to Allah, Iblis cries, he weeps. He weeps, he cries. That look, I refused one sajda, and this is where I've ended up. And he's doing one sajda after the other, the human being, and he's coming closer to Allah. We are so greedy for our rights. I am a Canadian citizen. This is my right. I am a mother. This is my right. I am an employee. This is my right. We know about all our rights. How much money we should be getting from the government. How much ability we have to do something or not do something. We fight for our rights. We'll go get a lawyer. Defend us. But when it comes to the rights of Allah, it's as though they don't matter. That's not right. A munafiq has double standards. A believer does not have double standards. لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه. What does that hadith show? That a believer does not have double standards. How can you be so selfish about your own rights and not be concerned about the rights of Allah? So anyway, Iblis, what did he do? Aba wastakbara wa kana min al kafirin. What else do we learn from this? That Iblis, he has in him many, many evil traits. Many, many evil qualities. Like what? Refusal to obey. Iba. So if a person refuses to obey, who is he imitating? Iblis. That a person says, yeah, I know I'm supposed to pray. I'm not going to. Make me. This is what? Refusal to obey. And secondly, istikbar, arrogance. Iblis has arrogance. And if a person is arrogant towards worshipping Allah, then whose footsteps is he following? Iblis. That's exactly what shaitan wants you to do. Follow him so that you end up where he's going. Into hellfire. Iblis has evil characteristics and we should not have them. We should stay away from them. Especially those of refusal to obey and arrogance.
A believer is not like that. Adam السلام, he came up and he gave the names of the things to the angels. The angels, they immediately prostrated. Then we also see that Iblis, he is of the kafirin. So we learn about what kufr is. Kufr is not just ignorance. What is it? Denial. Even if it's based on knowledge. Now question. Who is Iblis? Is he a fallen angel? Was he an angel before and then he became evil? No. Iblis is a jinn. Remember, there is one creation of Allah who are the angels. Another creation of Allah who are the jinn. Another creation of Allah who are the human beings. And there are many different other creatures of Allah. The jinn. Of the jinn is who? Iblis. Where do we learn this from? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Kahf, ayah 50, وَإِذْ قُلَّ لِلْمَلَائِكَةَ تَسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسِ كَانَ مِنَ الْجِنِّ He was of the jinn. It is said that he is a jinn, but when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the angels to prostrate to Adam, he was also given that command. Why? Because he was in the company of the angels. He was amongst the angels. Why was he amongst the angels? Because he was apparently very righteous and very obedient. Very devout. Don't say, if this person does not pray, Iblis. This person does not pray, Iblis. No. <laughs> Similar traits. That the person is following the footsteps of Iblis. Okay? So anyway, Iblis is a jinn and he was in the company of the angels because of his apparent righteousness and obedience and worship. However, this test clarified his reality. Difficult situations, they prove what you are. Your inside comes outside. Allah already knows what you hide inside. But in difficult situations, your inside comes outside. So Iblis was very arrogant. We learn in Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 61, وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسِ قَالَ أَسْجُدُ لِمَنْ خَلَقْتَ طِينَ He said, should I prostrate to something that you've created from clay? I'm not going to do that. In another verse, in Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 12, we learn that, قَالَ أَنَا خَيْرٌ مِّنْهُ خَلَقْتَنِي مِنْ نَارٍ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِنْ طِينٍ I am better than him. You created me from fire and you created him from mud. Fire is better than mud. I'm not going to prostrate to him. He refused. Was it acceptable? It wasn't. كَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ We see that there are two ways displayed before us. Very clearly laid out before us. The way of the angels and the way of Iblis. The angels, they were also made to realize their in a way mistake when they said to Allah, that why would you create someone who will create fasad and cause bloodshed? What was their reaction when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proved to them? Subhanaka la ilmalana illa ma'allamtana. Humility, surrender, confession, acceptance. But shaitan, aba, wastakbara, wa kana min al-kafirin. After this, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَقُلْنَا And we said, Ya Adamu, O Adam. Uskun yulib. Uskun sin kafnun. Sakana. Sukun. It literally means to become still. And sukun is to have peace, to have tranquility. Uskun, you live, you dwell. Maskan is home. Because maskan, sakan, is where you live in peace. So Allah told Adam that you live, you dwell. Anta, you, wazawjuka. And also your wife. You and your wife, both of you live where? Al-Jannah. In the Jannah. In paradise. Both of you live in paradise. Who is the wife of Adam alayhi salam? Hawa. How do you write Hawa? Ha. Ha. Not Ha. Ha. Waw. Alif. Hamza. Okay. Hawa. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told both of them 
live in Jannah. What Jannah is this? Does it mean any garden? Or is it Jannatul Khuld? Jannatul Khuld. The Jannah of eternity. Where Adam and his wife were made to stay. Question. If a person enters Jannatul Khuld, what do we learn? He will never come out of it. Khalidina fiha abada. They will abide there in eternity. But we learn that Adam and his wife, eventually they were taken out of Jannah. So what happened there? Why? Because no one will leave Jannah after the Day of Judgment. The one who enters Jannah after the Day of Judgment, and they will never leave. Adam and his wife, they entered Jannah when? Before even people came to this world. And they were there temporarily. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have them there anyway? To honor them. To let them enjoy before they were sent to this dunya. Uskun anta wa jannah. People say that, oh, Adam made a mistake. You know, if that didn't happen, all of us would have been in Jannah. You've heard that? Yeah. It's not true. Because Allah sent Adam and his wife into Jannah for some time anyway. It was to honor them, to respect them. Because what did we learn earlier? Inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa. He was supposed to go on the earth anyway. So he was in Jannah for some time, temporarily, just as a part of honoring him. Wakula, and both of you eat. Kula. Kula is from the root letters Hamza Kaflam. Akl. And akl is to eat. Kula. This is a command. You too eat. Why is it you too? Because of the alifati and tathniya. Both of you eat. Minha from it, meaning from Jannah. How? Ragadan. Freely. Abundantly. Ragad from the root letters Ragaindal. And ragad is that which is easy, profuse, in abundant quantity, and that which is also easy for you to get. So there's a lot of quantity. It's plenty. And at the same time, very accessible and also very, very enjoyable. Eat freely in Jannah. Eat whatever you want, without any restrictions, without any limitations, without any difficulty. You know, sometimes you're eating something, but it's difficult to eat it. You're eating something and later on you suffer the consequences. Sarakadan. And eat how? Haisu, from wherever. Shaituma, both of you will. Meaning, any time, any place, anything you want to eat, go ahead, eat it. You don't have any restrictions. Any place, any time. This is Jannah. However, they were told, Wala taqraba. But do not even go near. Taqraba, qaf raba, qurb. Qurb is to be near. La taqraba. Don't go near at all. And notice the alif at the end. Tathniya. Both of you, don't go near. Hadihi shajara. This one tree. The tree was specifically pointed out to them. This very tree, don't even go near it. Which tree was it? Apple tree? We don't know. It was a tree of Jannah. Allahu A'lam. Must be good. That's what we can imagine. So anyway, the tree was pointed out. This tree, don't even go near it. Why? Because if you do, فَتَكُونَ Then both of you will become مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ of the wrongdoers. Lord of ظَالِم And who is ظَالِم? One who does ظُلْم Injustice. When a person disobeys Allah, who is he harming? Himself. فَتَكُونَ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ What do we learn here? That first of all, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favored Adam and Hawa, that He honored them, He made them reside, He made them dwell in Jannah for some time. So that they could enjoy for some time. Then we also see that nikah, marriage, is an ancient practice. It's a natural practice. Allah did not send Adam to Jannah alone. He sent with Adam salam his wife Hawa. Because it's a natural practice, it's an ancient practice. And we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liked this even for His prophets. 
We learn in Surah Al-Ra'd ayah 38, وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُلًا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُمْ أَزْوَاجًا وَذُرِّيَّةً That Allah sent many messengers and He made for them spouses as well as children. They had wives and they had children. They were married. So what do we learn? Marriage is a normal preferred practice. It's something that is liked. There is no righteousness in not getting married. There is righteousness in getting married. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes as well. By the way, before we continue, where did Hawa come from? We learned about the creation of Adam a.s. Where did she come from? That's not mentioned here. We learn from the hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Hawa from Adam, from his rib. What does that show to us? That human beings are from one another. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not take one soil and from that He made Adam and a different soil and from that He made Hawa so that there would be one man species and one woman species. No. He made Adam and from Adam came Hawa so that we are together. There is no competition between men and women. But unfortunately we think if I want to be successful, I have to compete against the men. So Adam a.s. from him Hawa was created. This is where Hawa came from. Now another lesson that we learn is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made everything permissible for us except certain things that He has prohibited. And the majority of the things are permissible and only a few are forbidden. The entire Jannah, Adam a.s. was told, eat whatever, whenever, freely. No restrictions. Only one restriction. One tree, that's it. One tree. Similarly, we see everything is halal for us. Only a few things are haram. And why is that so? Because that's what a test is about. The test of life is about. If there were no restrictions, then there would be no tests. There would be no challenges. And we see that there are some things which are within our means, within our ability that Allah has forbidden on us. Why? To test us. If we weren't able to do them, there would be no test. But unfortunately, we look at Islam as, oh, everything is forbidden except for such and such. It's actually the other way around. And we need to present Islam like this as well. We tell our children, oh, only this, 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 this is halal, everything else is haram. And the children become like, you know, this is not fair, this is no fun. There's a story once when a little girl, she was with her parents in a non-Muslim country, and whenever they'd go for groceries, she would want to buy something which would be sometimes haram. So she began asking about everything. Is this halal? Is this halal? So then once she picked up an apple, is this halal? <laughs> anyway, we also learn in this ayah that with regards to the tree, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Don't even go near the tree. Stay away from it. Don't even go close to it. Why? Because if you go close to it, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted. This is why wrong things, don't even go close to them. Get them out of your life. Get rid of them completely. Because if you even go close, if you even go near, eventually you're going to do it. وَلَا تَقْرَبَ هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةِ فَتَكُونَ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ فَأَزَلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانُ أَزَلَّهُ أَزَلَّهُ is from the root letter زَيْلَامْ لَامْ زَلَلْ And زَلَلْ is to slip, to commit an error. And أَزَلَّهُ is to make someone else commit an error. So shaitan made them both commit an error. فَأَزَلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانُ And huma, what does huma mean? Both Adam and Hawa. Who do people generally blame? Hawa. That she caused Adam to eat of the forbidden tree. But what do we learn? Iblis deceived both of them. He caused both of them to slip. 
anha from it meaning from paradise fa akhrajahuma and then he got them both out akhraja kharajim khuruj we have done this word earlier mimma from that which kana both of them were fihi in it kana is a dual of kana so both of them they were in jannah in so many blessings they were enjoying and shaitan obviously he hated that he became a kafir his reality was exposed because of adam Adam, he was made superior to Iblis. Iblis did not like Adam at all. He wanted him to get out of Jannah. So this is why he made them disobey Allah. فَأَزَلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانُ عَنْهَا فَأَخْرَجَهُمَا مِمَّا كَانَا فِيهِ وَقُلْنَا And we said, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, اِهْبِطُوا All of you get down. اِهْبِطُوا هَا بَاطَ هُبُوط And hubut is to go down. Allah said, all of you get down. All of you. Why all of you? It's referring to who? Adam, Hawa, as well as Iblis. So, ihbitu, all of you get down, meaning from Jannah down to the earth. Ba'udukum, some of you. Ba'ud from the root letters, ba'in, ba'ud. Same root as the word ba'udah. So, ba'udukum, some of you, li-ba'udin for others, aduwun, enemy. Get down from Jannah, go to the earth, and some of you are going to be enemies to the other. Who's going to be enemy to who? Iblis is the enemy of man. Both Man and woman. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explicitly mentions that in the Qur'an. In Surah Fatir, ayah 6, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ Shaytan is an enemy to you, so take him as an enemy. Treat him as an enemy. Don't think of him as your friend. So don't listen to him. Don't get deceived by him. So بَعْضُكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ What does it show to us? That Adam alayhi salam and Hawa, they were in Jannah. And by this incident that happened, it was made very clear to them who their enemy was. This is perhaps one of the wisdom as to why Allah placed Adam in Jannah for some time. Shaitan caused him to commit an error. As a result, the blessings were taken away. They were sent to dunya. Imagine, if you suffer loss because of someone, do you hate them? Yes. If somebody tells you to do something and you end up suffering at the end, what do you say? I'm never going to listen, ever. So when this happened, when this incident happened, Adam alayhi salam, he knew he should better not listen to Shaitan ever again. He should be careful. He should be on his guard. And we also need to be in the same way. وَلَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ And for you, in the earth. Get down to the earth. And for you in the earth is مُسْتَقَرٌ A place to stay. مُسْتَقَرْ قَافْرَارَ قَرَار قَرَار is to become stable, to settle down somewhere. So مُسْتَقَرْ A place to settle down. So in the earth, you will settle. In the earth, you will live. وَمَتَاعٌ مَتَاعٌ مِيمْتَاعٍ Enjoyment. In the earth, you will enjoy. Until when? إِلَى حِينٍ Until a time. حِينٍ حَيَانُونَ Meaning you will not stay and enjoy in this world forever, but for some time, until your life is over. What do we learn in this ayah? That shaitan deceives people, just as he deceived our father Adam salam. How? By whispering to us. By telling us to do that which Allah does not like. We learn in Surah Al-A'raf, and in Surah Taha, about how shaitan tempted Adam and Hawa to eat of the forbidden tree. We learn from Waswasa ilayhi shaitanu. Shaitan whispered to Adam, Qala ya Adamu. He said, O oh Adam, hal adulluka ala shadratil khuldi wa mulkin la yabla? Should I tell you about the tree of eternity and a kingdom that will never perish? Meaning, if you eat of the fruit of this tree, you will never die. He lied to Adam. We don't know about that. Some people say Iblis came in the form of a snake. We don't know about that. The Quran and Sunnah are silent about that. But we do know is that shaitan whispered to Adam salam, waswasa, just as he whispers to us. And he said, oh my God, if you eat of this tree, you'll become eternal, you'll never die, you'll live here forever. 
Who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that. So Adam a.s. he was tempted to eat of it. So shaitan tempts us the same way he tempted our father. Why? Because he wants us to disobey Allah so that we can earn his wrath. Then we also learn that disobedience to Allah causes loss of blessings, downfall of blessings. Adam and Hawa were in Jannah. When they disobeyed Allah, all those blessings were taken away from them. So if we feel that some of our blessings have been taken away, reflect, perhaps we did something to disobey Allah. So seek forgiveness, repent to Him. Then we also see that human life is not possible except on this earth. Because Allah says, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُسْتَقَرٌ You're staying on this earth. Human life is not possible on moon, Saturn. It's not possible anywhere else except for this earth. And we also learn that human beings do not have eternity in this life. Because Allah says, وَمَتَاعٌ إِلَى حين, Until the time, not forever. So what happened then? فَتَلَقَّى آدَمُ So Adam received. تَلَقَّى لَامْ قَافِيَ لِقَى لَقِيَ To meet. Literally means to meet. And تَلَقِّي is to receive. How? To receive something happily. To receive something, to take something willingly. So تَلَقَّى آدَمُ Adam received, he took willingly. What did he take willingly? مِنْ رَبِّهِ From his Lord. Kalimatin Words. Kalimat is a plural of kalima. Kalima is what? A word. Kaf, lam, meem. A statement. So Adam received very happily, took very willingly from Allah certain words. Which words? The words with which he begged Allah for forgiveness. The words with which he asked Allah for pardon. And what are these words? Do you know about the dua that Adam made to seek forgiveness? It's mentioned in Surah Al-A'raf. رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا Oh our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا And if you do not forgive us, وَتَرْحَمْنَا And have mercy on us, لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Then we will be of the losers. So these words, Allah taught Adam a.s. Amazing. We make a mistake, Allah gives us the ability to repent to Him. We make a mistake, Allah also teaches us how to repent to Him. فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ And then He turned to Him in mercy. Tawbah from the root letters Tawbah. Tawbah literally means to return, to go back. Raja'ah. And Tawbah with respect to a human being is when he repents to Allah. And Tawbah with respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is when Allah turns in mercy towards His servant. So over here, Tawbah alayhi, Allah turned in mercy to who? Adam alayhi salam. What does it mean by that? That Allah accepted his repentance. He accepted his apology. He forgave him. فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ Why did Allah forgive Adam a.s.? Did he not disobey Allah? Yes, he did. So why did Allah forgive him? Because إِنَّهُ Indeed he هُوَ التَّوَّابِ He is the greatest acceptor of repentance. And he is also الرحيم. Tawab from the root letters تَوَّابَ Same root letter as تَابَ And تَوَّاب تَوَّاب There is emphasis in this word. It shows one who accepts repentance. For what? For great sins even. And he accepts repentance again and again and again. From not just one person, but from many, many people. Think about it. How many people commit sin? How many people repent to Allah? Allah accepts their repentance. He is tawab and He is Rahim. What do we learn in this verse? The great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on our father Adam salam when He inspired him as to how to even repent, how to even seek forgiveness. And then when He accepted His repentance... And this is by extension a favor on us as well. That the door of tawbah, the door of repentance is always open. 
Remember, no matter what you have done, no matter what sin, no matter what crime you have committed, you can always, always turn to Allah seeking His forgiveness. As long as it is done before death. Because Allah is tawab. Remember the case of the person who committed 99 murders? And then he went on and killed another person? And then he was told to seek forgiveness? And he was forgiven. He died on the way as he was traveling to another place. That was his tawbah. He felt guilty. He wanted to be clean. And in the way his death came. And which angels took his soul? The angels of mercy. No matter what sin a person has committed, it doesn't matter. The door of tawbah is always open. Because Allah is tawab, He is rahim. And one of the best ways of seeking forgiveness is using the words that Adam used. Because his apology was accepted. And these words were inspired by Allah. Allah taught him how to seek forgiveness. And then we also learned that Allah accepts repentance. Allah says in Surah Ali Imran, Ayah 135, Who can forgive sins but Allah? Meaning no one can. Qulna, we said, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ihbitu minha, all of you get down from it. If you think about it, this was said earlier as well. Get down from Jannah and go to the earth. Wasn't it said earlier? Yes. So why is it being repeated? To show that the forgiveness did not mean that they could stay in Jannah forever. Adam and Hawa were forgiven, but that did not mean they were allowed to stay in Jannah forever. No, they were meant to go down to the earth. So this assumption that people have, if they didn't make a mistake, we would be in Jannah, it's wrong. Because Allah said for the second time, which shows that yes, they were forgiven, but still they were supposed to go to the earth. So, We said, get down from it altogether. Meaning all of you, go down to the earth. So whenever. Imma gives a meaning of whenever. It comes to you. To come. So whenever it comes to you, what comes to you? Minni from me, huda guidance. Whenever guidance comes to you from me. How does Allah send guidance to mankind? By sending messengers, revelation, books. So whenever guidance comes from me, فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ So whoever follows my guidance, تَبِعَ تَابَعِينَ To follow. Whoever follows my guidance, فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ they will have no fear, nor will they have grief. They will have no fear, first of all. Khawf. What is khawf? Khawafa. Fear. Fear of something harmful in the future. So those who follow the guidance of Allah, those who are obedient to Allah, Allah says they will have no fear. Meaning when they are in Jannah, they will have no fear of ever being expelled from it. No fear of any blessing being taken away from them. وَلَهُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ يَحْزَنُونَ is from حُزْن حَزَيْنُونَ And حُزْن is grief, regret. They will have no grief, no regret. No regret, no grief over what? Over what happened in the dunya. They're satisfied. They're happy with what they have gained. Satisfied with the reward that Allah has given them. So what do we learn in this verse? That the one who follows the guidance of Allah, then what is his end result? No fear, no grief, no regrets, happiness. What destroys happiness? What kills it? Fear and grief. Ruins it. In Jannah, no fear, no grief whatsoever. But on the other hand, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا As for those people who disbelieve, like Iblis, they refuse, they don't believe, they don't obey. وَكَذَّبُوا كَذَّبُوا is from كَافْ ذَا الْبَاءِ What does كَذِب mean? 
to lie. And kathaba is to call someone else a liar. To declare something else as a lie, false, deny, reject. So وَكَذَّبُوا And they deny. What do they deny? بِآيَاتِنَا Our ayat. Ayat is a plural of ayah. What is ayah? Verse. What is a verse? Verse of the Qur'an. And what is a verse of the Qur'an? The huda, the guidance that Allah has sent. First we learned about the fate of who? Those who follow that guidance. Now we learn about the fate of who? Those who disbelieve in and reject the guidance that Allah has sent. So وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَكَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا أُولَٰئِكَ Those people are أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ أَصْحَاب is a plural of sahib. And who is sahib? Companion. صَادْحَابَ Suhba. Suhba is companionship. What is suhba? Companionship. To be in the company of something or someone. So they are ashab, they are companions, they are in the companionship of who? An-nar, of the fire. Meaning they will remain in the fire. They are the inmates of the hellfire. They will be in there. Hum fiha. And they will be in it. Khalidun, once abiding eternally. Khalidun is a plural of Khalid. Khalamda, never coming out of hellfire. Two ways have been put before us very, very clearly. Those who obey Allah. Those who disobey. Those who accept. Those who refuse. Those who prostrate. Those who stand arrogantly. The example of Adam, the example of angels, is of what? Acceptance, repentance, confession. The way of Iblis, the way of those who deny the verses, reject them. What is their way? Of arrogance, refusal. And the end is also different. Those who obey, submit, their end is la khawf walahum yahzanun. And the end of those who are arrogant, what's their fate? hum fiha So we have to decide where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? What do I want to be my destination? Whatever I choose, that's how I should behave. And if I tell myself I want to go to paradise, but I act like who? Like Iblis and his companions. Then I'm deceiving myself. Let's listen to the recitation. وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَى وَاسْتَكْبَرَ وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ وَقُلْنَا يَا آدَمُ اسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَزَوْجُكَ الْجَنَّةَ وَكُلَا مِنْهَا رَغَدًا حَيْثُ شِئْتُمَا وَلَا تَقْرَبَا هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةَ فَتَكُونَا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ فَأَزَلَّهُمَا الشَّيْطَانُ عَنْهَا فَأَخْرَجَهُمَا مِمَّا كَانَا فِيهِ وَقُلْنَا اهْبِطُوا بَعْضُكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ عَدُوٌّ وَلَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُسْتَقَرٌّ وَمَتَاعٌ إِلَى حِينٍ فَتَلَقَّى آدَمُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتٍ فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ إِنَّهُ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ قُلْنَا اهْبِطُوا مِنْهَا جَمِيعًا فَإِمَّا يَأْتِيَنَّكُمْ مِنِّي هُدًى فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ 